Stephanie Coxon. And I'm Kathy Anderson Martin. And we are two women influencing real life. So let's twirl. Women are being marginalized, losing their position in sports, not being protected in bathrooms, and having the government try to be the parent. Is there an attack on women in America by the left? As one of three women on today's show, we would say absolutely yes. Join us. I'm Stephanie Coxon. And I'm Kathy Anderson Martin. And we are two women inspiring real lives. So let's twirl. Goodness, Kathy, there is a lot going on the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, just yes. it wasn't too long ago. We had the book banning week, which is a lot with education. Yes. We are seeing um, the School Librarian Association have story time with transgenders for our children. Who would have thought that librarians would be on our list of, you know, problem people? Well, they say the quiet ones, (laughs) right? I guess that was always the problem to, you know, be quiet. I always had trouble in the library, so now maybe I see why. Yes, yes, because we had different sets of values. Apparently, and we just didn't know it. So, So, yes. So, yeah, it's interesting everything that is coming out these days. And I am so happy to introduce our our guest this um, this week. She is one of my favorite people in the world. Um, this we have Representative Barb Klein with us, who is in the PA House of Representatives and has been since 2018. But not only that, she has helped private businesses thrive with her marketing and messaging skills. And she has also been and remains a small business owner and entrepreneur as the co-owner and operator of Heyman Farms the family farm that she and her husband continue to work growing hay and raising Hereford, Hartford beef. She has been an integral part of Pennsylvania's fight for education and girls and has really hit some national headlines with some of the work that she has done. So I'm super excited to have her here today. So welcome, Barb. Thanks yes. for having me. Yes, we we love Barb Glime and all that she does to help us here in Central Pennsylvania as a representative and supportive of conservatives and conservative values, and are glad to have you. And is what is it? Is it Hereford beef? Hereford? Hereford. Hereford. Okay. Hereford. I just felt we needed to clarify that. It's a good idea. <laughs> Since we are trying to be accurate in yes, all of our information, <laughs> they're, the, they're the red ones with the white faces. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I just, you know, Stephanie may have stumbled a little, so I thought we need to clarify. You know, give me the medical terms. I'm great. That's right. The the kind of cattle there are, I'm going to screw it up. I know. So we just need to clarify. So welcome, Barb. Thanks. So, you know, uh, many people may not be aware, but she has really led nationally the fight for girls to maintain their position in women's sports. And um, it has been integral in that across the country and has had some of the leading legislation introduced and helped other states with that. Am am I saying that correctly and accurately? I think so. Um, You know, Pennsylvania has a Democrat governor, but the House and the Senate last year had the voice of the people. And they passed the women in sports bill. They did not think that biological males should be competing against females in sports. Um, yet the governor and his infinite wisdom decided he knew what was best and vetoed the bill. Um, so are you saying a white male <laughs> vetoed the bill for, for females? That's right. 
But I thought the Democrats didn't like the white male because they have screwed up everything. Not, and- not in this case. Stephanie, please try to keep up. <laughs> please try to yeah. keep up. It's confusing. <laughs> but, um, you know, some states were lucky enough to pass that bill um, in their states and our we were not. But I'm also part of a national coalition um, called the Title IX Network. And it, that network brings together legislators from all over the country who have passed the bill or have the bill. And we all talk about, um, you know, the integral part of how this movement can possibly, you know, come to pass in the United States. And the general theme of the bill is to keep girls only in girl sports, correct? And yeah, they need their own category. They really do. It's competition. It has nothing to do with who you or how you identify. Correct. It has to do with competition. And women want to know who's the best in their um, biological category. So I'm confused. Are men and women not f- physiologically the same? No. Are you sure? Do you have a medical degree to back that up? <laughs> she, <laughs> she, <do. laughs> she does not have a medical degree, but yet still knows that. And we applaud her. Rest. Sorry. Yeah, I think everybody knows that, um, that fact. And uh, right now we just have to push back on the, the narrative and uh, the movement of trying to allow biological men to compete. And and therefore wiping out women's sports, it's going to happen. And there's some strange bedfellows, I think, together in this fight. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but Caitlyn Jenner mm-hmm. and Martina Navratilova have spoken out. Um, typically, you wouldn't think that they would be on the side of conservative legislatures, but they've spoken out very much that there's a difference. And you're um, you're shortchanging girls by allowing these biological boys to be in the same category of sport. Is that is that correct? That is correct. And just think about their um, their age and the fight that they already went through in order to get all our young, uh, competitive women to the point that they are today, right? I mean, they fought tooth and nail for Title IX, um, and and now it's being reversed. And that's the same situation I'm in in, in Pennsylvania. You know, I was an athlete. I'm older. And uh, so we went through that fight, and now we saw that our daughters got to, you know, get scholarships and were able to, um, you know, compete and on clubs. And it's just expanded and it's great. And now they're trying to ruin all of that. And, you know, the scholarship issue is something I had not thought of. I actually, you spoke at an event, uh, a group that I went to and mentioned that, that there are only so many scholarships and these girls work you know, their whole lives throughout their school years and so forth, go to class, you know, physically um, to be the best in their sport and are could be denied a scholarship to play that sport and get an education uh, because a boy got the scholarship. And you mentioned that. And I had never thought of that until you brought it up. Not only that, but it's just dangerous. It's not safe. I mean, you've seen, you know, the images of the biological male playing volleyball and spiking it into the, the young woman's face and, and, She's out of competition now. So, I mean, it's just not safe either. And um, so we need to stand up, um, not only from the local level on up uh, with policies at school board, but we also need um, to petition the Olympic Committee because I believe that this is actually going to really be solved at that level. So once they are, you know, at the Olympic level are saying no biological males are going to compete against women, then the NCAA will follow suit and then the PIAA and then everybody trickles down. Yeah. It's I I sit here and the fact that we're talking about this is just so and, and like you said, I'm I'm 
older, older than 20. But anyway, I, I can't tell. I know. Okay. Well, <laughs> youthful exuberance. <laughs> but I remember distinctly, you know, the girls were like second class citizens on the teams and so forth. And when you got to participate and Title IX, I think, you know, did change that. I remember people saying, oh, it's going to kill boys sports, but it didn't. It did give girls an equal chance to participate, have access to facilities and so forth. And um, it just amazes me that we're talking about this to take that away. Right. No, and then the privacy issue, too, I want to bring up. Um, I was just talking to Paula Scanlon a couple weeks ago, and she was actually in the locker room with um, a Penn State swimmer that we all know, Leah Thomas. And the feeling of the girls in that locker room of being violated and feeling very uncomfortable. So there's this is just wrong on so many levels. Um, that we need to push back and make sure that in the United States, women have their own sports competitive, you know, category. This sounds like their own restroom as well. <laughs> well, the story I heard from Paula was that there were girls going into like a broom closet to change just to get away from so, the whole situation. So I just said how we had made those um you know, advances where the girls got access to facilities and now the girls are in broom closets. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. Thank you, Democrats. (laughs) Thank you for pushing us back 60 years. You know, like it's, it's they don't even have the crappy locker room. They're in the broom closet. Yes. They were downgraded even further. So that's, that's awesome. You know, and I think the other thing that's bad with this is the people like Riley Gaines, the one who's been outspoken and on the forefront of this, Um, She has just been vilified, attacked, um, you know, and it's crazy. And again, from the people that are supposed to be, um, you know, all about tolerance and so forth, but can't tolerate someone like her and others who've been vocal on this issue. Right. Well, you can't have everything that you want. Right. As as that song says. (laughs) But what I'm saying, they can identify and it's, you know, people can accept that. But there is a, you know, a uh, a line that ha- that cannot be crossed when it comes to competitive sports. And I think, well, I mean, all the polls are saying 70% of the people agree. So you have a small, you know, loud. minority yeah. that's loud that is overriding what the majority of people are already saying and thinking. And I feel bad for Riley Gaines that she's being abused this way, um, verbally and physically, and it needs to stop. Uh, so, uh, I mean... I think that we're going to come around to this eventually. You know, it's interesting that you say there that there's, you know, we we have a majority, right? And if you really bring you know, it down, people how we think, uh, yeah, absolutely, yes. people how we think. And it reminds me, so a couple of weeks ago in Pennsylvania, we had a a hearing. The Democrats had a hearing for the book banning week stuff, and in the in the hearing. They were, I love, I love that. That's the technical term listeners, the book banning hearing stuff. Yes. yes that's exactly yes. what it was on the door. The I little mean, paper said, this is the book banning hearing look, stuff. It was the Democrats. Okay. You have, I, you have I, to I, speak I their language. I understand. Yeah, I just find it to be fun, but go ahead. Um, you know, but in the, in the room, there were more parents against what was going on than they had supporters in the room. So essentially you had just their testifiers and just the legislators who wanted to push their agenda. So they were, the committee was against, they're supposedly against book banning. Correct. Right. Supposedly, right. yes. Yes. But the people in the room are like, there should be some conditions and restraints on what's available to kids. Yes. Age okay. appropriate. Age Just appropriate clarify. material. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, 
And so what they do is they prevent you from being able to be seen on camera, right? So you only see your testifiers. You don't see the audience. They don't allow public comment. And then they ensure you can't testify at any point so that it looks like that they have the majority, right? So it was one of my favorite moments because they literally, they literally had a book banning hearing where they banned the book images from the books they wanted to keep from banning. And no one has a clue of they're actually banning their own or their own stuff. Barb, now you serve with these people in the Pennsylvania House of Representatives. <laughs> does this sound like a logical course of what Stephanie just mentioned, or is this normal or maybe just a fluke? Well, I mean, they're getting all twisted with their own narrative, right? They don't know what it is. <laughs> when the narrative starts to fall apart, it's sort of like they don't know what to do or what to say because their narrative is falling apart. It is not a book ban. It, that's a lie. It is a false narrative. People can still go get those books at the library or on Amazon, right? Oh, wait, so they're not banning them. So one of the senators said, because there's now only four four libraries in Philly, there needs to be e equitable, equitable access to all kids to have pornography. Oh, yeah. Um, and, <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. That there is pornography. Go. And if you looked at the images, you would know that it is porn. And but we're not allowed. Yeah, we're it's not insane. allowed. Because you weren't allowed to show it at the hearing because it's pornography. <laughs> Correct. Except when the and kids no have TV it. And no TV station can also show up because it is pornography. Yeah. Okay. So get this. So the day before that hearing happened, we had a press conference on the books. And we because you're a hero. Well, because it's pornography. <laughs> and it's against the law. And, and where was unlawful. where was your press conference? It was at here in Harrisburg at the at the state capitol. Okay. So it wasn't um, in a broom closet. No, it wasn't okay. in a broom Just closet. Did you provide broom closets for the girls who attended the rally? Oh, okay. Now we're a big story. We sorry, signs. listeners, we're having trouble staying on <laughs> mix. <Yeah. laughs> All right. All right. So go ahead. Press conference. So we provided with a link and it goes to my website where you can click on it right and it has a little robot thing that says i'm an adult <laughs> um and and then you can click on the book and then it takes you right to the porn so you can see that it's pornography it's obscenity it is sexually explicit material that has no business in the schools right. now if those kids need those images they need a counselor that's right okay right. and and so that would be my first response to the kids needing the books um second of all it is grooming it absolutely is teaching kids about sex how to have sex and it is sexually explicit which takes it away from the parents and 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 basically you know they're they're stealing your child's innocence. But the school librarian who testified said, if you don't like your child having access to books, you can call them directly and they can facilitate the situation. What does that mean? <laughs> it basically means that the friend can check out the book, take it to their house. The other friend will show up and then everyone still has it. That's what See, I took from I it. I feel like that they're facilitating the thing. This is what came to my head. <laughs> they're like, Johnny Jones, you may take not take out the pornographic book. You know, yeah. all the following kids that they announce in the morning over the loudspeaker. That could be too. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. We're not quite sure because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but... I myself, as a parent, have never thought to even call the librarian to facilitate to facilitate the... anything, whether, you know, because 
Librarians are soft and meek, right? They're supposed to be really smart in and the intellectual. Olden days, in the olden days, not Stephanie. Yeah, maybe Hugh Hefner would like to do yes, that yes. point, right? I wonder if he's the person that put the school librarian association. He probably funded the school librarian association you know, so that he could get his materials in know, the library. And we're laughing about this, not because we're making a joke of it, but I think because it's so, when you say it out loud, like the book banning hearing ban the pictures of the books that you're trying to ban it's it's i love you got that straight so quickly Go ahead. i know but it's just so ridiculous i mean it does you have to laugh or else you are just are in the fetal position because uh like you said barb the, the narrative is twisted the words are twisted it makes good you know bad it's just it's just craziness well it's evil I think it's just plain evil. I agree. I don't think that you should, um, well, it's obscenity, which if you go to the law, it's, you know, unlawful to be doing this type of thing. Um, Are you referring to obstruction of a minor? <laughs> just asking. <laughs> I I am just saying like, that the law. Corruption. Clearly, corruption. Corruption of a minor. Yeah, oh, obstruction so, and okay. they're get They're getting to my head. That's <laughs> okay. You can only do so much. But it, the law says that if you knowingly present this type of material to a child, you are breaking the law. Okay. So everybody who has seen these images and knowingly thinks that it's okay to keep them in and keep showing them is breaking the law but the but the lawyer from the american law center said that this is in the hearing this is in the hearing that it's a first amendment right for your child to view pornography no he actually no. said that well she didn't say pornography but that's what she said she says they have a first amendment right that no. was her argument no under the first amendment obscenity is not included obscenity is not protected by the First Amendment. They left it out on purpose. So you're going to have to really get into the weeds on what exactly is obscene and what is sexually explicit. Uh, but I think that if you looked at these pictures, any most 99% of the people would say it's obscene and that children shouldn't have them. You know, I got physically ill looking at the pictures. I tried to read, when I was reading the federal lawsuit, and I was trying to go through the documentation. It took me six times of going back to actually read it because I got so ill from I, reading reading the books, essentially. When, when they were presented, some of those images at a, um, a meeting that I was at, it wasn't banned. They were on poster boards for everyone to see. I took a number of pictures on my cell phone of those pictures. I have not posted it to Facebook or to private because I don't want to be like arrested for child pornography or, you know, that I'm peddling. That's how bad they were. Yeah. And I keep them on my phone because when, and I, I think I've said this before, I know we've talked about this, Stephanie, I've shared them with friends that are liberal or conservative and say, oh, is it really that bad? Oh, well, and I show them and they're, they're shocked. Because it is over the line. And I know kids, you know, have a natural curiosity of going to look for, you know, it used to be the playboy under the bed of the teenage boy. But this stuff is so blatant and in your face and um, it, and graphic. It's it's quite shocking. And I've not had one person, regardless of their background, not be shocked when they see the picture that I show them on my phone. Well, and, and the look, I think it's important for people to know that the strategy of the Democrats is to pass legislation under the guise of standards, right? So what they want to do and what their their bill does is they want to take the rights at the local level away from the school boards, away from the local schools to make that decision so that there's more of a state standard. Um, I don't know if it goes to national, national or not, but they want to create the standard 
They want the same people who are having the transgenders do story time with the children to decide whether books are appropriate or not. So that's really what they want to do. So, you know, the other other senators are hopping on board because it's just a new set of standards. It has nothing to do with pornography because someone may or may not, um, you know, say it's obscene. So it's really interesting the route that they're trying to take and what they're telling themselves to make them feel good if they are on board with these bills that are going around the country right now trying to allow these books in. And, you know, let's not forget who got rid of Huck Finn and other things because they felt like it was too much in the school. It certainly was not the um, the Republicans. Right. They already got rid of Uncle Tom's Cabin, Huck Finn, you know, to kill a mockingbird. Yep. Um, They already have the precedent. And so we need to take the sex out as well. And just so you know, in Pennsylvania, sex education is not a standard. You do, a school does not have to teach it. Nor should they, in Stephanie's opinion. Yeah, but so this is where <laughs> the parents come in. Yes. And if there's any parents out there listening to this, you really need to make sure that there is no policy at the state level that requires sex education for your child. That is up to the parents to do. I mean, other than, you know, general hygiene, nutrition, you know, right. all of those type of things. Um, we do not want this in our schools. We really need to get back to reading and writing and, and arithmetic science and social studies and stop this. And, and my personal opinion is it's really an attack on um, people of faith, uh, whether you're Christian or Jewish or or Muslim or any, you know, faith based um, person to take that away, you know, from the kids and have the schools being, you know, teaching you know, their gender ideology, which is very sad. And, and I think even atheists would be able to understand that pornography, um, you know, during developmental years, which is really up till the age of 25, if we're going to really break it down to when your your brain is able to reason and think like an adult, would would agree that it's not appropriate. I mean, I don't think, I like, I agree. I think this is definitely going after the faith, but I think this expands beyond just Christians and Muslims or those people who are, you know, who do believe in a higher power. I really do. I think anyone can see this um, if they have not been sexually groomed themselves or if they're not a groomer. Yeah. Going back to the parents again on this, uh, they, they seem to want to take all power out of the hands of the parents. I think that's the bigger issue. It's about, we keep going back to this. We've done a couple of shows on education. It's about control. It's giving the state control, not the parent and family control to express, share their values and and impart those values onto their child and letting the state dictate that. And that's, I think, the bigger issue with this. I agree with you. Right. I mean, our current law in Pennsylvania right now, a 14-year-old can walk into a counselor or into a medical facility without telling their parents and get medicine. And that includes even special ed kids. I, I just think that's wrong as well. Um, at 14, like you said, their brain is not developed and uh, they need some guidance from their parents. Well, I, and I think there you have even a bigger crisis because it goes into the mental health. And in mental health, you have someone. So you have, so let's say you have a 14-year-old who is suicidal. Are they really in the position to make medical decisions for themselves at that right. point? Right. I would absolutely say not because if it was up to them, they would take the slow, you know, they would take the death portion of it 
and not make the right decision. So why are they able to make these decisions and why has the parents been taken out of the equation? And so I think you're right. We're getting down to the whole crux of the situation, you know, across the board. This is about parental rights. Are we are we the parent or is the government the parent? Right. What is the um, base? What is the unit of society? You know, we believe and I think the three of us sitting here, the, the family is the base bedrock of society, the building block of society. Others want it to be the state or the government. Who and, wants it to be the state? Or well, the government? And I think these people pushing these things. Yes. Um, you know, and so forth. And we we talked to someone who grew up in the USSR. It was started from a child. You know, the training, um, you your allegiance is to the state, even yeah. to the point of reporting your own family members. And, and that and it's not just the USSR. It's Germany. Right. So this is Nazi. Pro- this yeah. is Nazi Germany. Germany. So this is programmed government parenting that literally has taken generations to get to. And we're here now and we have to take action because if we don't, we, we are in trouble as a society. So on that note, let's, let's go to break, but I want to pick this back up. I want to get back to the whole parent parental rights, parental control. What rights do we have and how can we empower people to, to take a stand for their children. What rights do they have? So we can at least give some, some good advice. So on that note, we're going to take a break and all of our shows go to podcasts typically a day or two after the broadcast is heard on talk radio. You can hear them on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and iHeart podcast and many more. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on Apple podcast for us. And you can find out more about our shows and get all the latest podcasts if you go to the menu navigation bar at America Out Loud under our shows or schedule, and you'll be in the know. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 
15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. So parental rights. What do we have? Um, what are our rights? I mean, so every state's going to be different, right? On what we can and can't do. So I know for myself, I have gotten into it a couple times with my my school district on um, like doctor's excuses and stuff. I will not turn in a doctor's excuse. Uh, personally, the school, if I say my child is with me, my child is with me and they just need a note from me. Now, if my child shows up without a note, that's a whole nother issue. However, I don't feel that they can parent my child, that they need to be in the business of my child. So what do you think about that? Well, the Supreme Court has ruled. Is this the several, Supreme Court of, of US, the US? The United Court. States has ruled uh, several in several cases that uh, the, parent, the parents have the rights over the children, right? Yeah. So you have that uh, on your back, pushing you forward. And you are in the right when it comes to something like that. A parent doesn't have to send a kid to that school either. They can homeschool them. They can, you know, send them to a different school if they'd like. If it, if it, if the policies that you are uh, up against within your school district or other places is pushing that parental rights, you know, to the government, just like, you know, Kathy was saying, uh, you need to react to it and you need to take that um, into consideration and you need to take control of it. You know, I, I think I was just kind of uh, reminiscing for a moment. Our, my children are adopted. And I remember when we went to court, you know, you, there's a whole process. You get the child and the parent um, that uh, birth parents' rights are terminated. And then you go in for the finalization for the adoption. And that was a great, you know, family all comes, they're all dressed up. And I remember distinctly when we went for that finalization of our oldest child, the judge does a very formal, like t saying to you, are you aware that you're responsible for this child? You have all the rights and privileges and responsibilities of caring for this child, financially supporting this child until they are of age, da, 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 da. You know, it's a very formal, like you are, this is what, you know, and it's uh, probably more parents should have that that are 
naturally yes. birth a child to understand what that's all about. But it, you know, the court is telling you, you, the parent are in control of this child and responsible for this child for in good, you know, in the good and the bad and financial, if they do something wrong and they don't say the state is in control of this child, you know, um, and that's what I think we're losing and what we're in danger of losing. As we talk to some guests that grew up in these, um, you know, totalitarian regimes, the, the, the state owns everybody and you don't have freedom of thought. And do you see that as a real concern, Barb? Is this it is a slippery a slope? It is. And it's also a little bit of hypocrisy going on right now as they try to transition us, right? Mm-hmm. So like if, a, if you, a kid who's underage shoots somebody, they come in and they charge the parent because they had the gun in the house and it was their gun. So it, the parent is in you know, responsible. responsible. Yeah. So how can you have that happening? You're responsible right? if they have a party at your house, right? right? Yeah. So if there's underage drinking at your house, the parent is responsible. Like I could go on and, and mention, a, you know, a lot of these type of scenarios. But when it comes to education, all of a sudden, right, the yeah. parent is not responsible. The, That's right. And the doesn't know anything, is, right? right? The parent doesn't know anything. Right. So it's really whatever is convenient at the time right now. And it's it's so, there's so much hypocrisy all over the place. Um, we really need to bring it back to where it was and, and pull it back. And only parents can do that. Okay. You need more parents standing up and recognizing that they are the parent in every single circumstance. And standing up for their rights. And standing up for their rights. I remember another situation. The schools love me. Another situation. <laughs> they, uh, please, this is a side note disclaimer. <laughs> they do not. <laughs> Actually, I have been invited to some of the teachers and principals weddings after the fact. So they come around. I mean, they. I think. Okay. I, I make good arguments. I'm never mean, but no. I, but I do bring logic to the situation. And I would say that was even true in the scenario I'm about to give you. I, so there's a, you know, the, it's like seven um, habits that you make in decision-making. How does decision-making is going to, and habits are going to change your trajectory in life. So I'd read this book when my children are 12 and we would read a chapter, go to lunch and I remember we had just switched to a new, uh, a newer school district um, here in Pennsylvania. And I wanted to do this. And they said, well, we're going to have to mark your son for um, being absent for half the day if you take him out for lunch. And I said, well, but I'm taking him out for lunch. That doesn't make any sense. And it, and it didn't matter. They said, well, we're going to have to fine you $600 if, if you continue to do this. And I said, okay, you can find me $600 and I'll pay it, but I'm going to take my son out and you can pay the charter school $15,000 a year for me to send him to a charter school outside your district. And then all of a sudden, I never heard anything again. Everything was okay. And we even took, were able to take extra vacations, which my vacations are always educational because if anyone knows me, I can't help myself. That's true. I'm vouching for the schools didn't like her, but her va- <laughs> vacations are educational. So yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but you know, again, you, you know, know, know your rights so you can stand up to get the schools off of your backs and and maybe they do have the right to do that. I really don't know, but what I do know is how important it is for my children to learn the skills I need them to learn so they can get to the points in life they need to get, because I know it's not going to happen at the school. Yeah. Not right this minute. I mean, I can tell you another example of a parent who did take their child out because of the social and emotional learning survey that their child had to take. Um, And, you know, this is to the detriment of the school district, but this is an example of a parent standing up. 
So the parent got a phone call from the elementary school because her third grader um, had colored in a thumb sideways instead of up and down. Okay. So like when they're asked a question, how are things at home? The thumb was colored sideways instead of up and down. So the parent was called in and the parent was asked, um, are you a single mother? And she said, that's none of your business. And they said, well, is everything okay at home? And she said, that's none of your business. That's right. And so she asked for her child to be brought down uh, and they hesitated. Like they didn't even want to bring the kid down. And she was like, you need to bring my child down so I can talk to them. So they did. And she said, I want you to tell these administrators why you colored your thumb sideways. And he said, because mom made me do my homework last night. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, that was his trouble at home that was his trouble at home and so then she said look you know I came all I had to take off work I came all the way in here for this and she said you can say goodbye because this will be our last day here and she enrolled him in private school like yeah. this is getting to be to the point of harassment you know of yes. these parents and um and, and an agenda at the school level yes um and so and or a narrative or an agenda or whatever you want to call it it, because it's coming down from the department and from the national level and can i just can i throw out like i think parents if i can just throw out a little um advertisement for for people looking for good education look for classical education like conversate classical conversations logos like they will give your child a real education and they do it, um, it. It's phenomenal. It's completely different than anything you've seen, but it's like the oldest educational method in the world. And your kids right. will will be far beyond anything you experience within I, the public school. So I just want to throw that out there for anyone who's looking for no, alternatives. Uh, my daughter is a first grade teacher, second year, I mean, right out of college. She was devastated when she didn't get a job at a public school of our district because it's a good district. I mean, you know, re- well, it was. Well, whatever. Um, but she, <laughs> she got a job in this uh, Christian private school and it's a classical education and she couldn't be happier. And I, I did not know that much about it until she started teaching, you know, about the emphasis on classical music and art and languages. And all, her first graders write everything in cursive. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I was the guest reader a few uh, weeks ago. And it's amazing that these kids and, the, and there's also discipline and accountability in the classroom, which is missing. From the public schools. Yeah, well, let me caution you two for just a second, because most parents um, are not really privy to all of these other things going on in the schools, unless their kid tells them. I mean, all of the things we've been talking about. And you, yes. you and I want to just mention, Barb um, served on a school board and was actually president oh. of a large school district board. So you yeah. have experience in this uh, before becoming a, a state representative. Right. But, so most parents think their school is doing fine right. until they get to a certain level. And then they realized, oh, my gosh, my kid's not reading on grade level. Or, oh, my gosh, my kid doesn't know math because the state assessment came back and we're watching those scores go down. And now they want to get rid of the state assessments, which, you know, I'm OK with as long as there is an assessment of whether the kid can read or write. And, and and be financially literate. Um, but what we're finding is that parents upon high school are just, you know, so surprised when they get there that their kid doesn't know what they thought that they thought they knew. And, and, and so when you're out there talking like this, it's really an education to the parents. Yeah. To, to even though you think your kid is getting homework and you think your kid is doing fine, 
um, you really need to get involved in what's being taught. Absolutely. And, and I, I agree. Um, our school district, when my kids were in elementary, they went to, they abolished grades, you know, ABC or F or whatever. Uh, and I'll never forget because I went to a lot of those kinds of things. And the whole point, they went to some ridiculous thing like you got a, I can't even remember what it was, like an R or a P or a Q. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you. And there was no um, kind of concrete of, did you know this much math or that? You know. And I'll never forget the elementary director of education said she didn't want the behavior to influence the knowledge. Meaning if the kids didn't do the homework or they didn't, you know, whatever, that didn't, that was okay. But yet that's a big part of functioning in life. You know, you have to do what you're asked by your supervisor. And there was no, my daughter struggled with reading. She was on the same O or P or R or whatever it was as our neighbor boy who was advanced a grade level ahead. They had the same like ranking, you know, and that doesn't help parents assess. Then we knew because we were involved, but you're exactly right. Then the parents aren't sure. That's right. I mean, can you imagine that discussion at a teacher's conference? So does my child know algebra one? Well, the benchmark says that he's grown. Well, does my child know algebra one? Where is the assessment that shows me that he, you know, mastered it? Because benchmarks are really about growth. Um, and so I, I'm going to have a hearing coming up here in November. Hopefully I'm in the minority party. So I'm hoping the majority um, chairman will allow me to have. My I'm hearing. sure they will. Yeah, I'm sure they will. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to bring in, you know, all different facets. We're going to bring in the charters and the privates and the public. And we're going to ask them, you know, what exactly do you want um, to replace our state assessment with if you don't want to have one? You know, is it a standard, you know, Iowa basic that we used to take that takes a couple hours a day, but it basically says if you know math or reading, right? Right. Um, is that what we're talking about? Or are we really talking about these just growth benchmarks, which I just don't think is going to cut the mustard at all? I know we're just signed, oh. but you know, it's, 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 there's so much, there's, there is so much. We could talk about so many different things in this, this arena, because, you know, your kids are coming home, learning other things, not what they need to know. And that's the most disturbing part. You know, when I look at my older three kids went to public school, my younger two, I refuse, you know, in part because of the common core curriculum and everything else that has happened over the last, you know, 20 or so years. But, you know, looking at the difference in their education, looking at their emotional well-being, my kids' emotional well-being in public school was horrific compared to my children in the classical education schools. They're not supporting the kids on any level. And I think that's what people really need to understand. Telling a kid that they're a cat and can use a letterbox is not emotionally supporting the kid. It's called derangement. And it's not going to work out for them in life if they do that. There's so many. I mean, you know, we're sitting here, we've covered a wide variety. And I think if there's anything, if if someone's listening in your parent or grandparent or whatever, probably if they're listening, they understand this. Um, You know, it's people that aren't dialed in or uh, involved in any way, shape or form. They're watching the, 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 what's that called? The, The dead show that people like. The dead show for the dead people. I heard everyone talking about it. Zombies. I don't know. Yeah. I think zombies were involved. The Walking okay. Dead. The Walking Dead. All right. All right. If you, are, 
If you I don't watch TV, but I know no. there's a show. Okay, so if you watch the Dead Show and are listening to this, we have no, absolutely no conflict. We're we're very um, tolerant of that, regardless <laughs> of whatever Stephanie's trying to say. Yeah, but the zombie show. Well, I'm pretty sure zombie apocalypse is going to be upon us, but that's another issue. I'm just saying they're probably more yes, in tune yes. with that than they are with yes. what's actually happening in America. Yes, but I say this. This is for the heart and soul of your kids. There should yes. be nothing more important than what you do or say. We started this with you have the girls changing in a broom closet on the swimming team because yep. they don't have a safe place within their own um, locker room. We went into about the images that they can go check out of the library. Used to have to be, I mean, not that kids were curious and went to find pornography, but you had to go look for it and right. work to try to find yeah, it. Yeah, and generally now it's your right dad's there. bedroom. Yeah, right there. And now, and then they're not learning, you know, what they have. And I think then we talk about all the mental illness with the kids. And then at 14, they can go say, hey, I'm, I'm going to make my own self-referral without the parents' oversight. There's a whole lot of stuff going on Don't here. Don't forget the bathrooms. You can't even go to the bathroom yes. in privacy. I mean, it, it's every step once you walk into that public school, into that public school, every single step is designed to go against the child, right? Every single step. Right, it is. And I just want to say that I've had a lot of teachers reach out to me as well. Yes. Um, who have seen their schedules completely upended. So there's so much being, um, you know, asked of them that does not have to do with the core academic that they teach. Um, that by the time they're actually getting around to teaching math, um, they have like 20 minutes uh, in the classroom. And so the the whole structure of the day um has changed and it's because of our policies right. and i and i think we want to emphasize that this is not an assault on teachers there's a lot of wonderful people that are in the education profession i have a lot of those people in my family administration and i mean they're good people um this is a bigger broader policy kind of thing that's pushed on the teachers as much a lot of times as the kids and, you know, they're, and I think some of it, too, is what they're teaching the teachers in the colleges. Absolutely. Um, and that's, you know, and let me ask you a question, Barb, because we talk about all this stuff. Do you think this, you and I'll be calling a representative, Barb, I know, <laughs> Representative <laughs> Glime. Jeez, <laughs> formal I'm very sorry. Right. You guys, I am. So, so representative, <laughs> with Herford's ears, that's right, um, do you think this is just kind of, and I ask this all the time, do you think this is by design or do you think it's just, you know, kind of craziness that we're up against or this is a bigger kind of um, agenda? Oh, I think it's by design and it is a bigger agenda. And I have so many examples of why that is. So in can you share some? Oh, yeah. In 2011, um, I found out that Pennsylvania um, exempted public schools from being sued by parents for pornography. But then I found out- And that was under a Republican, That correct? was under a Republican. In 2011. 2011. But then I found out that 40 other, 48 other states did the same thing, right? Oh, so this so came this... down from the American Library Association. And it just all again. keeps going back to the American it's... Library Association, oh, the college the quiet boards, ones. the the, the, the natural National Teachers Association. So it, it's all coming in from the top and it is a concerted effort. And um, so, you know, I, there's a whole history of of how this has moved in the direction that it has and how we've gotten to the point that we're at today. 
Um, and, and so, you know, again, college board, you know, they, they gave out points and extra credit for schools if they sent all their kids to college, right? Even right. if they didn't, even if they weren't ready. Okay. And then, so all the schools kept throwing all their kids into the colleges. And now we have a worker shortage because we don't have any workers because none of them went to the Votex and did the things that they really wanted can I, can to I do. Ask a question? <laughs> I have a quick question on that. If a school, because we have vocational technical schools in our area, if a public school, if a kid goes to the Votex, does that school lose money from no. the kid going to the Votex? No. no. Okay. I didn't no. know. I didn't know. No. And now, thank goodness, in Pennsylvania, um, we're allowing homeschoolers to come in and take classes at the Votex, which has never happened. Um, that was a new uh, law just in the past couple of years um, so, uh, that we had fought for um, because, you know, everybody deserves to have the education that they need. And that's that's my the whole school choice push, too, in oh, all absolutely. of these states, because not everybody learns the same. Not everybody um, is, you know, but the some same. of the most successful people I know are people who really struggled in high school, did not go to college. I mean, literally, those are. I mean, look at Bill Gates, not to, you know, throw the, but he, right. he dropped out of college, right? I mean, we don't really need the higher education to be successful. It is more about social IQ than it is about skills. Like a plumber or an electrician. Yeah, or... Well, I always say it's not how smart you are. It is how you are smart. So if you are the best plumber, you're going to make and be successful. Yes. Right. Absolutely. It doesn't matter, but you have to have those basics. Okay. You've got to learn how to read and write. And and, and a work ethic. I and, think that's something that's yeah, kind of important. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And um and in America, I'm telling you, you know, they always say, Oh, our NAEP scores are going down. You what know, that's that the part? international um it's the international body that talks about your 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 scores overall, your kids reading, writing, science, math, or whatever, and then they compare them. You can't compare them because uh, we educate everybody where China does not, right? They don't They don't educate their special needs children. Um, and there's a lot of countries that don't, but they're piling it all in at the same time. Do so you know, that's I, why we're the most innovative because hmm. we educate everybody. Huh. And I, we're having more and more. And that's another a whole nother issue that's really stressing education is the amount of special needs kids that are just growing and growing for other reasons that I think Robert Kennedy Jr. could probably address on another show, hopefully sometime. <laughs> hopefully well, I have hear something that. to say about that. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> because there was a movement again back um, year 20 years ago that um and it came out of um like uh the australia regions and new and new south wales area where they said that um children learn how to read by being read to and um you know we've we've loaned that here in the united states is balanced literacy and then what happened is is that there's a whole host of kids that don't learn how to read by being read to they need phonics and so they never learned how to read. So by sixth grade, they were throwing them into special special ed because they couldn't read. But they weren't really special ed. They just didn't get taught the way that they needed, that to, they learn. needed to learn. And so then that's why we have the science of reading now, because we actually had a scientist come in and say, no, no, all of that is wrong. Um, a child learns language by being 
talked to, but they don't learn how to read by being talked to. That's a different part of the brain. Yeah. They have to be taught to read. And um, so now we're going back to phonics. And I think what you're going to find is all those special ed levels are going to start to come back down because phonics is the way we should have been doing it all along to teach these kids how it, to read. I mean, it's, and here again, I think we go back to this, you know, the schools can do so much. We talk about this and they, it's still as a parent, you're the parent. So whether you're the parent to stand up for what the child is able to get the pornography in the school, it's your job to read to your child, to pay attention to your child, um, what's happening. You know, I was sitting here thinking one time my daughter and of course, we're not perfect parents and, you know, hardly, but um, <laughs> no, comment. Um, no, I know. I, I was thinking one time our daughter came home in middle school at the middle school dance and I picked her up and she said they played that Katy Perry song. It was a song about a party, menage a trois, you know, drunk, all the stuff is that that kiss the girl no i can't think of what it's called but we we would have conversation in our house like is that an appropriate song i i grew up with like turn it off on my word it's a devil you know we would be like is that really appropriate here's why she came in i remember slamming the door she said that katie perry song came on the dance i said well what'd you do she said i went to the refreshment area i was not going to listen to it i'm like well good for you i was very proud i went into the school the next day i said hey by the way you have all these issues about substance abuse classes with the kids, don't do drugs classes and everything. And then you play the Katy Perry song about getting drunk and wasted and passed out on the floor and having menage a trois at the dance. And I said, don't you think that gives the kids a mixed message? And you know what she said? She goes, well, that was the art teacher's music selection. And I didn't really push it anymore because I was so dumbfounded to be like, that was the reason like, oh, okay. Right. It's so ridiculous, but that's the kind of stuff. And now that's just escalated. And if you don't, you know, that that seems funny now, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, now look at what we're having. Right. And you know, I agree. I think that parents need to have some sort of a, you know, thing at home where you, you're not on your phone as much, right? Yeah, so spend, we're all guilty of that. We are. Yeah. We are. You know, if and an adult can't handle it, kids, right? Because adults are addicted to their phone. Why are we handing them to children when adults can't handle it in the first place? Right. right. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you 100%. I think we just need to go back, you know, a little bit, take a step back and say, okay, what's best for my kid here? Yeah, and maybe I should get off my phone more and spend time more time with them, or maybe it's dinner. I don't know, something extra that we need to be doing to make impart our wisdom onto our children so that the school's wisdom isn't being imparted onto our children. And uh and yeah, and I did it, I stood up at a curriculum meeting one time and I said, you know, I said, have you collaborated and checked on all of the book selections that you're doing per grade? because my kid is getting sad. And so I, I had to go in one day and I'm like, why are you sad? And she said, mom, every book I read has been sad. It has a sad ending. Like we don't, we're never given a happy book. And, and then I kept, the light bulb went on and I kept thinking, well, no wonder all these kids are anxious and depressed and everything when they're the book selection was horrible. My husband did that to me years ago. He said, no more open book club <laughs> selection. <laughs> they were all so sad and depressing. He's like, you're depressed. And I was just talking about what you yeah. spend your time in really does reflect, you know, your thought processes and stuff like that. You're absolutely right. And then you wonder why there's mental health issues with the kids. Right. Yeah. So I pointed that out and I just listed all the books that, you know, she had read throughout the year. 
it was middle school and they were even they were surprised we're like yeah i didn't know so and so was having her read this you know like they didn't collaborate and part of the problem is they probably don't have time they're probably looking at their own you know uh schedule and they're saying i'm going to do this and this and this and and then they don't know what the teacher next door is doing so I, you know, there's a lot of things that can be right. created. And the, and the teachers do parents have Parents need to be listening. Yeah. And I think first and foremost, the School Librarian Association probably needs to go away at this point because they're pushing the wrong agenda. I think they were set up to push the wrong agenda. Now that we know what the quiet ones are doing, it's time to defund them. This is the first ever I thought we'd be on a show that's like anti-librarian. <laughs> There's probably a good one here or there. Yes. I mean, they can't all be. Here again, I'd like to want to put a disclaimer. If you're a good librarian, we thank you for yes. your service. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so um, we thank you, Barb, and we thank you, Representative Glein. Yeah. <laughs> we thank you for standing in the fight and, you know, taking on these matters and not being afraid even within pushback in your own party and certainly by the party, the controlling party in the state house and uh, all that you do, it does make a difference. And it propels us to want to do that in our circle. Don't you think, Stephanie? Absolutely. I mean, the way I look at it, if if you can withstand the fire, I can withstand some, some fire. Amen. And so, yeah, it just, it makes me just not care what other people do or think so much. I'm just going to do the right thing and allow um, you know, just do the right thing and speak the truth and speak the truth, speak the truth. I mean, you cannot look at those books and say that they're okay for children. Speak the truth and tell your friends. Yep. That's right. So we are all legislators in our state, but we can know our rights, defend our daughters and families. So wherever you are, whatever you can do today, stand up, step forward and speak out. 